you know, we, we've talked about this before too, which is that if everybody's cars worked the way they thought they were going to work when they showed up, every record would fall every race. I'm feeling attacked. Welcome to So You Think Your Car Is Fast, where we dive into the world of high-end, fast cars and explore what it truly means to have a fast car. From the latest in supercar technology to the mechanics that make these machines go, we'll separate fact from fiction and uncover the misconceptions about speed and power that exist in the minds of the general public. Join us as we put the pedal to the metal and discover what it takes to have a car that truly lives up to the title of fast. Welcome back, boys. We're live Wednesday after Shift Sector, Kansas, and we have a lot to talk about. What if I don't want to talk about it anymore? Are you done talking? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) do you know how many messages I've gotten on social media that I'm just like, oh, I don't want to. (laughs) So how'd it go this weekend? So what happened this weekend? What was your fastest speed? What's wrong with it? What's it's hard. It's just hard to explain when someone's not there or kind of far removed from the actual issue, you know? Well, what you should do is make a write up, post it and when you get questions, say, hey, refer to last post. I'm Cut. glad you asked. See Cut. attached Cut. and then paper clip it, attach. Glad you asked. Well, you did better than me. I was racing my imaginary car in the imaginary half mile. It was very fast, though. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, what was your imaginary trap speed? I went 216. Holy crap. Wow. That's like a, I think that's a record. Congratulations. Yeah. Wow. Is Congratulations. that imaginary trophy heavy? Yeah, it weighed my mind down the whole way back. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, wow. It was a good weekend, huh? I mean, overall, it was good because we got to see everybody again, you know. Well, well I, think, uh, I think it's like anything, right? Like you, you work towards something and then when there's a little setback, you hate it for a minute and then... You find yourself loving it anyway, and that's kind of the story of cars. Well, we had a new addition to the team. We had Jared from BBI, who was there on the keyboards for us. That was, I don't know about you guys, but I I thought that was great. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, I I like Jared. I don't know if he likes me, but. (laughs) (laughs) You got to be nicer to Jared. (laughs) No, he's great. I was nice to Jared, but he's probably like, man, this Taylor guy, he's just full of complaints. I know. I I didn't mean I didn't mean to to complain. I was just like, here, let me tell you my story in case that helps you come up with any ideas while you're getting my car to run slower than it should have or has ever really. (laughs) I was like, I said, hey, Jared, you going to Indy? He's like, yeah, but uh, is is Taylor going? Taylor going? (laughs) Did that really happen? No. Okay. No. No, I was sitting in the RV because I was uh, not feeling very well for part of it, which really sucked. And uh, But Jared kept coming in and I kept talking to him about your guys' stuff. And it was, it was good to have him out there because, you know, Wayne is so preoccupied with nine other cars and uh and we just we you know it's really hard to manage racing and manage fuel <laughs> as it turns out and manage manage <laughs> I, everything i feel attacked uh, and then like be able to go chase people down to get what you need it's really hard so as as a spectator this weekend i was able to see how much easier that made it well yeah i mean look wayne wayne's got his hands full but he made some key uh he pointed out some key things this weekend um for me so he yeah he he's invaluable at every event he goes to as well so yeah he, he well, just needed you know, some help being able to get the two guys who speak the same language talking to each other about the problem so like Jared going to Wayne and saying hey you know uh, i'm seeing this and i think it you know i mean their conversation takes 
you know, five seconds and it would take, you know, 10 minutes, you know, communicating that uh, from us to him. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole thing's just a little bit easier to deal with. Maybe, you know, know what's wild is I'm exhausted from this weekend Mm. and I don't even drink. (laughs) I'm just, I slept 10 hours. uh, I I can't, I mean, I mean, overall, I, I got second, I got second place in my class. Uh, so overall I can't complain. Yeah. It's, um, those weekends are go, go, go. There's really no time for relaxing. And, you know, it's like everybody wants to go out at night and, you know, go to turbos or, or whatever, but you know, at the end of the day, I just want to go to bed, get up early, hit it again the next day because, oh, you know, and, you don't have a whole lot of time. At Turbo's, do you know how long it took to get our food? Oh, yeah. I mean, like an hour and a half. No joke. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's it's cool, right? Like everybody's hanging out, talking cars anyway. But sure. it, my, my son and I were uh, hanging out with Jeff. And uh, so, I mean, it was, you know, good, good company and stuff. And then Kong and Jared showed up a little bit later. But uh, yeah, it was it made for a lot later night than I mm-hmm. thought we were going to have. Well, Todd yeah. and I were planning on coming out and then we got back to the, we got back to the RV park and we were like, boy, <laughs> this is really nice here. Maybe we'll just stay. <laughs> so we ate, watched the hockey game and I don't know. I was asleep by nine o'clock. I think on Saturday. Yeah. You, you were like, you know what? I'm really tired. I'm just going to go lay down for a minute. And I was like, Oh, well that's the end of that. And, uh, <laughs> And then I was watching the third period of the hockey game, and then I was just out, dude. I, I fell asleep before it was over. Well, you know, it was hard waking up on Saturday morning with that rain. Man. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I don't know what it is, but I find rainy Saturday mornings like the most relaxing thing on the planet. It's like... Mm-hmm. Well, sure, but not after you've noise. driven several hundred miles and spent a lot of money to be there with and race. And that was, yeah. that was, uh, it turned out okay. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, my criteria was different. Than that that's day. true. That's true. So weird though. Day one, zero wind, you know, day two, yeah. what a 15 mile an hour headwind and hot and humid. And I, th- that was one thing is, you know, you, you make changes to your car and then you have these certain expectations in your head and you go and it doesn't, it doesn't do it. Or maybe, maybe it doesn't do it quite the way you think. Uh, and so th- there is a little comfort when everyone seemed to be struggling mm. in in at some level. I mean, there were a lot of cars there that people were frustrated with. I think everybody gets caught up in their imaginary cars in their mind, right? And it's like, okay, so if everything is perfect, the car is going to do this. And then everybody shows up and says, oh, well, you know, it's not perfect and it's not doing that. And then they get upset. And yeah, I mean, success is a reasonable goal. Uh, but, you, you know, you got to look at the larger picture because, you know, we, we've talked about this before, too, which is that if everybody's cars worked the way they thought they were going to work when they showed up, every record would fall every race. I'm feeling attacked. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I mean, t- take a look at take a look at Juan. You know, Juan's a great example. Uh, his 991 was running gangbusters. And, uh, you know, we thought for sure had the 991 turbo record in the bag and uh, did not. Yeah. Like his three, transmission was shifting weird all weekend. And then three, boom. four miles an hour short, you know, with 10 pounds of boost left to go. And, uh, yeah, broke the transmission. So, I mean, that luckily one, uh, you know, had a spare uh, already, not with him, but at least, you know, he was already prepared for that eventuality. Yeah, we had some. Yeah. I mean, with with Juan and Taylor uh, and I, you know, we made a good, strong showing for the Porsches for sure. We were looking to get some points, got some points. 
Got, got on the points. board. Got on the board. I don't feel such a like such a peasant anymore. Yeah, how many points? So we looked at the points guide online and it said 10 points for first, eight points for second. I don't remember the rest. But then the point the points got posted today, and it looks like he's giving out eight points for first and five points for second, which doesn't really matter, you know, as long as it's but, consistent. But is he is he giving points for making it to sections like between the qualified and the semifinals and the finals? Yeah, like you like because I only get, placed one day and I got eight points. Yeah, so you got did you get first or second? Second. So you got second. Todd got second. Oh, but see the thing is, is I I didn't see anybody that got ten points, which would have been oh. first. So mm -hmm. maybe they weren't registered for the season uh, points lead. I or, you know or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how how it how it works. I guess I kind of lost track of that after I missed Hondo and then I won't be at indy so but uh, dallas performance did really well mm -hmm. uh sigins black gallardo ran 230 point something which was the fastest of the weekend and then of course you see people online they're like man 230 geez if you know if the real people had been out there it would have been a lot you know that 230 would have looked slow and it's like guys the real people were out there like the <laughs> calvo general was there like people don't understand i mean the only way you're going to break records is if the conditions are perfect and your car is perfect and you know even like the U like the UGR team that comes out that has you know eight guys covering one car and you know they spent 2 weeks prepping it Right. And then they brought it out in a semi truck and huge race team supporting it. And they don't break records every time. I don't know. Expectations yeah. and reality. Right. Yeah. That kind of got on my nerves. But Sijin did run the 230. He got the first 230 jacket. I thought that was cool. I've been yeah. following that car for a long time. I mean, I've seen it in the DFW area, you know, at, at D Dallas Performance. And then it's been at Trey's shop for a while after he left Dallas Performance. And of course, Wayne's been tuning it the entire time. Uh, he was going to be at TX2K, but his air to water intercooler broke mm. and started dumping water into the engine, which is not fun. Ooh. Did not hydro lock it. They got it shut down quick. Didn't hurt the engine, but it was, you know, obviously not a good time was had by all. <laughs> but I did the, the pull before that, before they had really tried to turn up the boost, it made 1750. Uh, so, I mean, that's a 2000 plus horsepower car. I don't know. I don't know what the num what the numbers are, but um, twenty five hundred at least, right? Somewhere in that range, I would think. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he won the super roll. He lost to a Huracan, ran the same speed as the Huracan, but lost to the Huracan because it's roll race, right? Um, but the Huracan like broke its block in half and was dumping oil out. Oh, so, so he went on. And really, those were the two fastest cars, I think, in the Super Roll. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, he, he got that trophy. And then he also won the, I think he won the all-wheel drive class. So he ended up with three trophies. There's a picture of him with three trophies. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that, that picture with him and Wayne and Trey and everything with all the trophies, that's, that's pretty cool. And Todd was in the Super Roll. I was in the Super Roll. I mean, I guess technically I was too. Were you? As a passenger. Oh. Yes, you were both. He was my flagger. Yeah. yeah. So the uh, Super Roll. So I got a buy in the first round, so advanced, and then uh, got lined up with Frank in the R8 beadlocks, fast car. And uh, the whole premise was to get in between the cones. There were several cones kind of actually, I think, midway down the run when we roll out to 60 miles an hour. And Taylor's job was to count with the arm one, two, three, 
within the cones, and I think the cones were, I don't know, they could have been 100 yards long. Yeah, I have no idea. Something like that. Once we got to them, they, they came and went quick, right? Yes, they did. So Taylor's Cowboys are going one, two, three within those cones. And so the first attempt, I heard Frank on the on the anti lag And so whenever I hear anti lag I just go, one, two, three. So I left, you know, so I left and it, it appeared early. So I'm like, yeah, that's cool. So he was like, you want to rerun? I'm like, yeah, no problem. It appeared early. It appeared early. <laughs> and so yeah, that's uh, what they said. That's what others yeah. said. So Two we people talked. came to me that were watching that very closely because I was like in our pit area. Right. Uh-huh. And they both told me that they thought it looked like a, a clean enough start for a roll race. The first run of ours, really? Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of them working is, is I don't want to name names, but works for the event. Right. <laughs> so uh, I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. Cause, cause you know, Todd said he jumped and, you know, I mean, it wasn't purposeful, but it happens. Uh, so totally, you were totally good with running again, but I, I thought that was interesting that. that well, that, this, you know, okay. true to form, right. The car ran great the first run. And then when we did the second run, uh, we had a very clean start. And as soon as I, so I leave in second, uh, shifted to third, everything was good. As soon as I shifted to fourth, the, the, uh, I guess the boost hose popped off again. So I just lost all boost and he, he just blasted right around me. So it was unfortunate. Um, cause I think that, I think it would have been a good race. He, we both make the same amount of power, I think. So, um, I think, I think Todd would have had him. I mean, yeah. not, not by like a ton, right. But before that, I didn't see him in the corner of my eye pulling. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't see him gaining on you at all. In that first race, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. So, yeah, it was fun. Look, Steve put the motor in the day before we left, actually. You know, we got to Horsepower Lounge on Thursday, and um, John Bray was there, the builder, engine builder, with Wayne and Jamo and the guys. And John replaced my my uh, break in oil and he also put a new throttle body on because we're having throttle body issues on the dyno the day steve put the engine in so put it on a new throttle body and then we drove to kansas and you know we had no idea what to expect so on the first on the first run uh first gear no problem second gear no problem third gear pew, car shuts down turns off well, limp modes and um I was able to restart it while it was while it was continuing down the track and drove it back and it kept stalling, kept turning off. I'm like, I don't know what the problem was. And um, so I, I asked Steve, I said, hey, how much fuel is in it? He's like, I don't know, because my, you know, the Porsche fuel gauge, not really responsible for anything. So uh, it was showing empty anyway. So we don't we always we always know that, you know, just to keep track of how much fuels in it. Yeah, the way the for the rest of everybody, the way the fuel tank in these cars work, it only measures it via a float for the first half tank. Hmm. And if you're below half a tank, it uses a uh, computer calculation based on injector pulse width to figure out how much fuel has been used. And then it moves the moves the needle down mm -hmm. that way. And I've got to think that it's only measuring six injectors pulse width i only have yeah. six yeah you know I, oh you do that's that's oh, a man. really good point taylor i hadn't thought about that at all well uh, I, i'm just thinking on my car right it's it's direct fuel injection and it's got six so it's like oh yeah this guy he's driving it six injectors this is about how much fuel it has well when those other six turn on i mean we you empty the tank mm -hmm. right well, like i mean you're dumping is... a lot of fuel the other problem is uh, there is not an adjustment for fuel density. So gasoline versus ethanol. 
mm. uh, will mess with it too. And in your case, yeah, you've got 12, you've got two, like one set of high pressure and one set of low pressure injectors. Todd actually just has six injectors. The, what are they? The ID 2600s. Mm-hmm. And my car has 12, uh, a set of 1700s and a set of 1300s. So we all have different stuff there for various <laughs> reasons. And uh, yeah, but the upshot of it is, is that the gauge does not work. You know, we, we know how much gas is in it by way of how much we put in it when we refill it. Mm-hmm. That's so keep all. in mind, it was at Steve's for, you know, a couple months. I gave him a couple of pails of fuel. I don't know how many he used. He put it on the dyno, ran it a few times. I bring it up to horsepower lounge, not really knowing what was in it. I grab some fuel, don't put it in and then take that first run. And um, Jared took the log and he says, that was a fuel cut. I'm like, oh, that's bizarre. Uh, let's see how much it'll take. So I ended up putting like 15 gallons in the tank. It was completely empty. And it's a 16, 16 gallon, gallon tank. tank. <laughs> yeah, you nice. still had one sixteen. I had a gallon. Run. Yeah. <laughs> so filled it up, went back out. That was just on a, you know, the wastegate map or something like that. And, uh, and ran uh, a 187. I'm like, oh, okay. She's running. She's running good. And so yeah. Jared took the log and, uh, I mean, this is just a weekend of this little, these little things. He took the log. He's like, okay, let me make some adjustments and, and you know, move it up to map three. I went out and ran a 185 or something very similar. I'm like, man, it didn't feel any faster. He's like, did you change the map? Oh, no, didn't do that. Ah. So I, I went out on the same map, ran the same speed. And then, uh, you know, he, he's like, well, let's, why don't you go ahead and change it to map? So I changed the map and, and ran the third run, ran a 197. So I knew, I knew it was work. This is an interesting point because a lot of people, I, I could name some names, it'd be hilarious. But a lot of people just drive their cars until the engine shuts off, right? Or almost shuts off. That's when you're out of gas. But the way the fuel systems in our cars work, you've got a you've got a fuel pump, right? And then you've got a fuel pressure regulator, and you've got a bunch of lines, and 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 depending on how things are going, you know, some of us have a like a like a intermediate uh, tank. Uh, they call it a, a surge tank. But the upshot of it is, is that you're running your fuel, your fuel system, the fuel in your lines goes to say 43 PSI roughly as a base. Maybe it goes to uh, a little bit higher. Maybe it's 60 PSI base. And you have to be able to have enough fuel in the tank and in the system to keep that entire system pressurized to that 60 PSI. And then as uh, boost comes into the equation, now you've got positive pressure in the intake manifold. So in order to maintain the same pressure in the fuel system, the, the, the fuel system pressure has to rise along with it. So if you're going to run 20 pounds of boost, your 60 PSI of fuel pressure has to go up to 80 PSI just to match that 20 PSI uh, that's in the intake manifold. So the pressure differential between the two is the same. Because if you don't raise the fuel pressure to go along with the intake manifold pressure, your fuel uh, you only end up with plus 40 PSI. And in the same amount of time, you don't inject the same amount of fuel because you're, you're effectively only working with, with that lower amount of pressure. So, you know, we really can't run these cars at full power unless we have at least a quarter tank. Well, uh, and then also the G forces that they're pulling as they're going down the track, slosh the fuel around and then, you got to make sure you have enough fuel to cover it. And that's one benefit to the surge tank too, is you've got that fuel that's not as sloshy. I think that's the technical term. Yeah. Less sloshy. Yeah. Not yeah. So, sloshy. you know, in, in Taylor's car, and I think 
Todd's car too. Mine's the only one. Well, mine is going to have it later this season. But you know, the 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 fuel in the tank can get pushed to the back of the tank, and then the pump can't pick it up anymore. So if you have the tank at like half to a quarter, then it fills basically a cylindrical container called a surge tank that the actual like main fuel pump is in and then it pressurizes the rest of the fuel system from that and you know just because of the size the volume and the density of it you keep that mostly full all the time and uh, the pump is actually submerged in fuel all the time so you never really have to worry about a particular pickup taylor's got the direct injection car uh, so he has both fuels, a high pressure and a low pressure uh, fuel system at the same time. And it operates on the same principle because the uh, the high pressure fuel system is is instead of injecting fuel into the intake manifold runners uh, just before the head, it's actually injecting fuel directly into the cylinder. And, uh, you know, you have a differential pressure problem there. But instead of trying to, uh, you know, raise your fuel pressure by 20 or 30 or 40 PSI, however much boost you're running, it's it's raising it, you know, a thousand PSI to yeah. overcome the pressure uh, in the actual cylinder itself. And, it, you know, it's way more efficient. That's why, you know, later model cars do that, because you, you lose quite a lot. Uh, you know, injecting it into the intake manifold, running it through the head, and then eventually ending up in the cylinder. It's not nearly as as efficient to, to do it that way, but that's the way it had been done for a really long time, uh, you know, up until, you know, EPA standards forcing everybody to uh, get much better gas mileage and emissions and everything else. So they had to, you know, find a new way to do it. And it's great, except for when you try to make, uh, you know, 1500 horsepower and the, the high pressure fuel pumps, you know, they operate at such high pressures and they're such precision pieces of equipment compared to a lot of other things on the car anyway. Uh, getting an aftermarket high pressure fuel pump and system is really not all that feasible. People there, have tried and people have failed. There's not a lot of stuff out there. I mean, some of the domestic cars... There is a little bit of aftermarket available, but even then, it's not a lot. Yeah, uh, AMS has a high-pressure fuel pump replacement for the Infinities. What are they like? They're they're like the the old um, 350 and 370Zs, but they've okay. turbocharged them, and now they're like G50s or something like that. Hmm. And you can buy one of those, but that that high-pressure fuel pump's fifteen hundred bucks or two thousand bucks. Yeah, and like uh, when when I had my Raptor, I mean my Raptor was high pressure and uh, low pressure they have the in, you know the direct injectors in the cylinders and then they've got it in the manifold too so you kind of could do either one you could put bigger bigger uh low pressure injectors in it and a bigger pump that way or uh on mine when i went big turbo e85 i did the upgraded high pressure fuel pump and i, I want to say that company was xdi or something they make they make some for for the domestic stuff but they they are they are expensive as far as fuel pumps go yeah anyway we were talking about me oh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Todd? Yeah. Todd, you ran a 197 yeah. <laughs> you know wayne said hey we should check the filter because uh you know we may have brought up some gunk sure enough that t1 filter element was completely jammed up and so uh trey my buddy trey took out that filter and we unfortunately had a couple new ones in the trailer so we slapped a new one on and we finished the rest of the day i was getting this weird boost cut in sixth gear the the hose popped off on the second to the last run well we didn't know it did but i lost boost and went ran back out and it did it again and this time the whole clamp came off um, oh that's right 
Yeah. And so John was like, man, there's no clamp. I don't know what you're going to do. I'm like, well, maybe they found it. So I went over um, to Nicene was in the car with Jason and uh, Jason was on the phone. I said, Hey, I'm looking for a part. She's like, what are you looking for? I'm looking for, I said a clamp. And then Jason pulls this, my clamp out of the door of this car. He's like, Hey, here you go. They had found it like it. I don't know, 2,400 feet down the, down the runway. Maybe for the YouTube visitors, we could show the picture of that. Yeah, uh, it was and, it was shaped of a football. <laughs> but Steve mentioned that it wasn't your clamp because your clamp was round. Yeah. Oh yeah, that wasn't. That's not Todd's. <laughs> that is Todd's. definitely not TNS. <laughs> Todd's was round. <laughs> it was before it got run over by eight race cars. Right. But unfortunately, on Saturday, I didn't qualify because uh, Blake was there, ran like a 203 in his Viper. And then um, there was uh, Sandy in the Gallardo. He was running like 213. So I didn't even I got third place on Saturday. So I didn't Isn't even that interesting that the 2000 horsepower Gallardo runs 213. Because mm -hmm. what Sijin's car is 2000 as well, right? But that's what? this uh, Sandy's car is a six speed. So it's really not going to run as fast as a, an E-gear or a sequential, right? Yeah, you know, I don't know if, if um, Sidgens is, is sequential or the E-gear. That's a good question. But either one will probably be quicker than a manual unless you've got a crazed demon driving it. So then um, Sunday, we went back out, took advantage of that good weather, and ran a 200.9 on the draggy. It showed a 199 on Jason's timing gear, but I'm going to go with 200. So that's what I'd do. Yeah. But then we developed some kind of little oil leak. So we were chasing that all weekend. And I, I did end up in second place of the manual class. I got some points. I got eight points for the weekend. So that's a start. I got yep. what? Five more racing days left. Three in Indy and two in Abilene. Yeah. I was looking at, I saw Jason posted the standings. Uh, we should, we should, we should show that, uh, and Taylor clipped them out and put them in our, in our chat somewhere. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see here. I can, I can put them in. Am I supposed to tell you about my runs? Is that pertinent? We, we don't. I All can right, take so you on my roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> All right, I got to get my glasses on for this. So, so uh, here are the manual, uh, class leaders, points leaders. We've got Blake Weaver, first place, yeah. total of 21 points. Sandy Murray in second place with a total of 11 points. And then in uh, third place, tied for third place, is uh, Bobby Weege in a Corvette and me with eight points. So that's the top three in manual. Yeah, I've run Bobby before several times. Yeah. And, uh, he, he's a cool dude. Um, so Taylor, you are in ethanol. Ethanol, yep. Yeah, you know, the, the situation actually looks pretty good for you in ethanol. Ethanol's a funny class. You know, Jaddy I mean, kind of cleaned house there this yeah. weekend. <laughs> yeah, Jaddy. Speaking of Jaddy, turns out <laughs> Jaddy Gill is a fan of the show. Shout, Shout out. out. Jaddy. Blew us all away. <laughs> yeah. So... He was. It was good to uh, to catch up with him. I mean, and, and I, I lost to a fan. I mean, that's the best <laughs> way to do this, right? Like, I mean, how could our fan that? first? That's just. I'm I mean, I'm a fan of his. I, I mean, I yeah. I mean, he's on the on the Road Kings. Yeah, the he's a Road King star with Gideon. Uh, the OB. Other guy. I mean, look, yeah. I prestige. I lost to a 3,300 horsepower turbo Viper. <laughs> I shouldn't feel bad about that. Well, don't say any. That's all. That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> we just leave it at that. No, I'll tell. I'll tell. I'll tell you how. Just real quick, how my weekend went. We went out there, did a a low boost map two pass. I had my son with me, so we strapped him in. I took the extra time, installed the passenger harness, everything. So that was fun, right? Ran a one eighty eight. My first pass, low boost. I was pretty pleased with that. I mean, yeah. we spent a lot of time 
tuning and getting through some issues. And we thought, mm-hmm. and going into this, I knew I had an issue with my car that I was given three options to try to address it. I chose one. We all knew that it might not work. Had hoped that it wouldn't have been quite as confirmed that it didn't work. <laughs> uh, second pass, we turn it up, right? Turn it up to map three, go out running 195. I'm like, hey, you know what? This is looking good for me. This is looking good. Went out, cranked it up a little bit. Jared was looking at the the map four that I had in there. He goes, I'm going to take a little boost out for this run, just a little bit. And I was like, all right, cool. Went out, ran like a 187. And I was like, what, what happened? I lost eight miles an hour. And that's when kind of my my life fell apart it was uh, not a good day it now now it was it was not and and honestly i'm not sure i don't know if i even ran anymore that day i was i was pretty frustrated because i don't like to go backwards i don't always need to go you know 14 steps forward but man you were we, so angry i was tr- i was trying to hide all of the flammable stuff because i could have sworn you were going to light it on fire and leave now now you know what i I asked my son, I was like, how angry am I on a scale from <laughs> one to 10? He goes, I don't know, like a two. What? Wow. <laughs> so I, look, I was, I was, I was frustrated. It's because in Abilene from Abilene to now, we made a lot of changes that should have netted in at least. And I know weather needs to be perfect, right? But it should have been similar. Should have been better than it was. It should have been better. So Sunday we go out and we took advantage of the little bit nicer weather in the morning. But even so, it was only like a 188 run. So then then we started banging our heads together with with Wayne and and Jared. And we decided the, the couple things we did to address my problem, we would pull those out and go back to Abilene Tune. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we did, and I was able to muster up a 191, which wasn't terrible considering our 15, 20 mile an hour headwinds, right? Like that put me on par basically with Saturday, maybe even a little bit better, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know, but still not, not Abilene level, which, which is okay. Cause it was, it was humid and hot, but, but at least I was like, okay, we have, we have a game plan. And, uh, then, then I realized that I was, I, I don't know if I was third or fourth in qualifying rounds. So I made it. I made it to the semifinals, and then in the semifinals, I had Jaddy and uh, what was the other guy's name? Julian in his was it a Performante? He's got a Huracan here listed. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was, a, it was a Huracan. Yeah. So he had me beat. Uh, so we decided we'd turn it up a little bit more, and I was able to go out and and I think I ran a one eighty eight or one eighty nine. Maybe it was a one eighty eight that got me into the qualifi- qualifying. And Julian was just barely behind me for that second place spot that advances to the finals. Bless his heart. He was trying, man, but he was hot lapping that car. Mm-hmm. And and every time he'd run, it would go a little slower, a little slower. Mm-hmm. I was I was back in the pits. I mean, I had my intercooler iced up. I had my gear on. I was ready to go at the last minute because we get down to like 15 minutes before cutoff on qualifying. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is he gonna squeak me out? And and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, you know, booted out. And I didn't. And then I advanced to the finals and I, I mean, I kind of, I kind of knew like Jaddy and I went over and we were talking to some of the event people and they were, they were giving us a hard time because we were being so nice to each other. And (laughs) we decided we'd, we'd run separately instead of a head to head race because that Viper had already come off the track earlier that, 
that day. So I, yeah. I didn't want to be a casualty of that. And he didn't want me to be. So he ended up running like a 214. And my win, my second place run was a 187. That's not a great mile per hour for second place. But everyone was slowing down at that point, it seemed like. It was getting hot. Yeah. yeah. The track was going away, so to speak. So uh, for those playing the follow along at home game, the way that it works is, is you run in the morning uh, for like they call it quarterfinal. And it's from, say, from race open until lunch. And then after lunch at one, they start up and they do semifinal. And they take, you know, after the semifinals are over, you they uh, they, they narrow it down to two cars. So from like, say, from one o'clock, what, to three o'clock? Yeah, I think it was three. Yeah. And so the reason Taylor had to sit and stand by and wait to see if that Huracan was going to go faster than him was if he like waited until 2.57 p.m. and went out and ran faster than Taylor, Taylor needed to get back up there and then try to, you know, get get one shot at beating that time because only the top the top two speeds were going to go on to the final uh, after that time. And you have to make your run before the time closes. It's not, he yeah. will, you know, they, if you're in the, if you're in the grid and you don't run, it doesn't count. Now there was an exception on, I think Saturday or no Sunday when that big tire Camaro went off. Yeah. They had a, they had a track shut down. So they extended yeah. the time to let a few people run because the track wasn't available to make a run. Didn't yeah. they extend it on Saturday too? Cause of the weather or did well, they they can, I, I don't know. I was, they can I was delay. frustrated. I wasn't even paying attention. <clears throat> they can delay when they start, but the problem is they have these servers set up on times. Oh. And so they have to actually go in and, and make adjustments within their servers to to change the cutoff times. It, it, it's not an easy thing for them to do, apparently. So. Yeah, the, the tabulation yeah. of it's automatic. So, mm -hmm. and yeah, they had to go tweak some stuff. But, yeah, so I remember I was sitting there. I was I was in the grid 30 minutes before 3 o'clock. So I had 30 minutes to make this run, plenty of time. There was maybe three cars in front of me. Well, one GTR blew, like blew up and oiled the track so we waited for that to be cleared and now it was like i don't know it was quarter till three i'm like okay and then they lined up this big tire gen 2 camaro and it went off the track and i'm like oh my god i'm never gonna get this qualifying in so uh jason made an announcement and they delayed qualifying to 345 so i was able to make and thank god because i was able to run a 199 on that qualifying pass so i was able to I was able to qualify for for the finals. So we both lost to Vipers. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. no. Not the superior form of transportation. <laughs> oh, crap. That's coming back to bite us. Oh, Dang. my God. I mean, yeah. look, man. Flat six and a V10. It's just mm -hmm. there's going to be some, some drawbacks there. It's fun to compete, right? Yep. Yeah, there's not much we can do. I mean, Calvo's out there building a nine-liter engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I mean, it, it, was, it was good to see Calvo... Antonio and his in his in his group out there. Blake Blake was out there. Jaddy was out there. Colin, I saw Colin Murphy. He handed me a beer that was a fantastic this beer out of Hawaii. I still can't remember what it was. I need to find out what it was. That their camp was fun. Hung out with them for a little bit. It's good to see them. It's good to see everybody. I love going to these these events and you know seeing all these people. You know, yeah, it's fun. You do have to be careful with scooters. <laughs> oh, good old Jeff Naughton. Hey, I tell you what, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's he's poor jeff poor jeff poor jeff we, we should talk about that because jeff is like you know he's on my he's on my short list of nicest guys on the planet yeah i know right? he's good people 
and he's like you know he, he's kansas nice you know he's real laid back everything's mm-hmm. cool but uh, uh his car did not do what we were hoping it was gonna do yeah and, yeah uh, he ended up pulling the plugs and it was i think it was four five or six maybe it was cylinder six uh yeah. he melted the the grounding strap on the plug i don't know how to explain that to people that don't know what it looks like but there's like a little armature that comes off of a plug and then there's a gap between that and the electrode. And then when people are gapping plugs out with that, that's what that means. That little strap that comes around, it's a metal strap. And uh, you, you set the gap between that and the electrode in the center of the plug on the tip of the plug. And he literally melted the side of the strap. So something was going not so great in his combustion. He thinks maybe it was a clogged uh, fuel injector, which would make some sense because hmm. if one of the injectors wasn't flowing correctly, that cylinder would be running lean and less fuel. Um, it's kind of counterintuitive, but when you're when you're around that ratio of air to fuel, if you end up with less fuel, it actually burns hotter than if you have more fuel because more fuel kind of cools it down a bit more. Um, so it, it ran hot in that cylinder. The the ECU yanked the uh, ignition timing back. I think he said seven degrees, which is a lot. I, and I guess as like far that, as problems, a leaky injector is one of the better ones for him to have. Yeah, I don't think he hurt the engine because it, it, it ran perfectly at idle anyway. But uh, yeah, he's got to figure out why it was doing that. Good, it, move, it pulled, good move parking it up. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to keep running when when you know there's a problem like that and you don't know you don't know what you don't know, you just gotta park it. I mean, I mean it's either Todd's advice is never lift, but you know <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Well, I turn around and I see his car like the top of whole top of the car is missing and there's parts on the ground. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's man. not good. He pulled off his manifold and yeah. everything. Like yeah, but I tell you what, non-racing Jeff is really helpful. <laughs> Well, he's a really he's a really good mechanic. He had fuel, and then and then he went with you, Dan, to O'Reilly to get me a plug wire kit. Yep, because we had we had to make a whole new plug wire. So he went. He he did the driving. I just wanted to make sure he didn't end up getting a bill. So oh, (laughs) well, I was like, I'll ride with you. I'm not really qualified to drive there right now, but I'll ride with you, and and you can pick out the parts, and I'll pay for them. This is my Mm. job. Yeah, which reminds me, I need to Venmo you some money. Well, so yeah, we made that. a plug. I forgot about that. We actually, we, John, made a plug wire on the site. The royal we, <laughs> John. Yeah, he made yeah. a plug wire and it kind of worked, at least for a little while. I think We're I made. Really sure. Well, I did. I did three passes on it, I guess. I think. Yeah. Two roll races in the final, in the finals with Blake. I lost boost again. I, I don't know why it keeps blowing that, that hose off, but I ran a 182. So I was down like 20 miles an hour on that pull. But when you, when you have no boost in sixth, that's not going to help. Mm-mm. That mm-hmm. is not. We all start shaking our heads at the same time. Mm-hmm. No, no, no not, not having fifth gear is is not good either so we we started talking about it but juan in his 991 he's coming for the record in fact juan texted me today sent me a picture of his transmission on a pallet shipping to texas Mm. so the spare transmission is going in his 991 and he's going to be going for it in indy what is the record 213 point something oh is it dave briggs uh, I it's higher I, than that. I thought Dave got I a don't 215. Know. I want to say he was in the yeah, 215-ish. 
So why are they saying that's the record? This is the something two, the two thirteen I think is the nine nine seven dot two record. But Juan's oh. car is a nine nine one. Nine nine one. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I I when when the group chat was going back and forth about that, I I was looking and I was like, I'm not coming up with the same number when I calculate kilometers to mile per hour. I don't. Well, I don't either know. we don't know something or they don't know something. So. Because uh, you're right. Because how fast does Dave Briggs go? That's a really good point. I thought he had a two fifteen. Maybe faster than that. I mean, didn't he go? Well, Dave Briggs, he went one seventy in the quarter or two sixteen, maybe. And interestingly oh. enough, Juan went one seventy in the quarter. I'll tell you though. Did you see Juan's in car videos? Yeah, it's got to be worth some mile per hour there when it it's goes. Skipping, one, this, is, this is where we're going to two, yeah. three, four, four, five, six, five, six. Yeah, like <laughs> just five. No, six. <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean and and his car did run he picked up a good chunk of uh speed from abilene yeah so that was that was cool to see they sorted it out but then it broke so i don't know what broke it but uh the pd you know the pdk tuning not being right in those things is broken transmission time i mean at least with the manual trans you know, we've got control of the lever with our arms, but in the PDK, if you don't have it right and you, you mean you could royally break something doing bad things with the shifting. Like if you shift it while the clutches, while both clutches are engaged or there's, there's a number of ways you can, you can mess oh, it up. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. It's a, it's a double-edged sword for sure. When your transmission, you know, manual transmission, <laughs> you're never stuck in a gear or if you are, there's another gear you can probably use too but when a pdk says you're locked into this gear buddy you are in fact locked into that gear well i mean that's why it does it right because it knows it has figured out by way of sensors and programming that something is wrong and so it knows that there's a possibility that if it tries to shift it could end up munching itself or it believes that that could be the case so i mean it's it's a protective mechanism it's a it's a good thing to have yeah, but isn't it only protective up until the point that a tuner gets in and changes where the protections are? Well, yes and no. I mean, it you know, it it in this case it seems to me like it's really not protecting itself. It just thinks that it is. Yeah, so that's uh I watch Juan I watch the 991s with great intrigue because I'm more closely related to one of those than your cars. Well, what's funny is we have several records, right? So we we have a 991 one record, I would imagine that's just going to stay as one record, right? All nine nine ones, right? Probably okay. And then Taylor's nine nine seven two PDK has a record. Yep, and there would be and, a, there would be a six speed record for it too, I suppose, because there is a, right? there is a rare six speed variant but, of it. I, th there is, but is anybody modifying those? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't Not, seen anything. I haven't seen one. So then we have we have a, a 996 turbo record, which would only be a manual, right? Oh, well, well actually, it, could be, it could it could be a sequential. sequential. Eh, it's going to break. And then we have a 997 sequential record and a 997 manual record and a 997 rear wheel manual record. Oh, my gosh. Well, now we sound like Corvettes and <laughs> one of one builds. This is the problem of, of the internet and records. It's like, well... I've, you know, guys, I happen to hold the 997.1 uh, with carbon seats and, you know, three passenger record on a Tuesday. I have the fastest car at 76 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, right? Like, it's like, well, I know you beat me, but 
I'm going to find something different and I'm the fastest one of these. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. It, it goes, it goes from like, you know, important delineations between versions of the car to it gets ridiculous because some, and it's funny. I hate to say it, but a lot of times it's the darn uh, Mopar guys. <laughs> right. Or the GTR guys. stock Or the GTR guys. Do <laughs> stock location, whatever that means. Well, yeah. I I don't I don't think I'm a Mopar guy. I mean, I was thinking more like the Hellcats and the Challengers. It's definitely a thing with the GTRs because, like Todd said, they have stock like stock location and non-stock location records, and and basically what that means is the headers, right? So if the if the turbos are in the stock location on stock style headers, or if they they go to like front mounted turbos or whatever. Like if you look at Jeff's car, the turbochargers, like you can't get to them. With the engine in the car, mm. like can't really even see them. They're actually mounted to the headers, right? Yeah, they're mount. They're like the header, like the the well, a stock GTR turbine housing and header are like one piece, I think. Oh wow, it's they're, like the stock N fifty four BMWs. They're like turbo folds or something. I can't remember what they call <laughs> them. They're they're weird. Yeah, the turbine housing is part of the manifold. Yeah, that's enough yeah. about GTRs. <laughs> <laughs> I went to T one probably in two thousand. 7 2008 and tony took me for a ride in his gtr and that was that was the end of my evo right there it's like man yeah. this is this isn't getting it done it was a pleasure to be parked near uh kong chang um he was very helpful he had a lot of fuel that we were able because we were we couldn't find the ignite guy i couldn't find him anywhere so yeah i don't know I what chased happened him there on the scoot on your scooter todd oh yeah he went, he went all the way down uh, towards the starting line almost made a u-turn came back and then he drove off and he was going by the airplanes that were parked on the what on, near, near I, the, I just I couldn't i couldn't decide if you're if you're a vendor right and your goal is to sell whatever you bring mm -hmm. and people are there to buy it i i don't know why the communication would stop the only thing that made sense to me is maybe somebody came up and like bought whatever he had i bought it all yeah. and and then he was like yeah man i, I gotta i gotta bounce now because now i don't have mm -hmm. anything for the other people yeah i don't know i mean i'm sure there's an explanation for it but i can unequivocally say i mean we were looking for him other people were looking for him whatever it is that he was doing was not successful in the mission yeah. of supplying fuel to the racers it yeah. did not work so thanks to kong i i was able to get a 5.7 gallons from him <laughs> And one time when the boost hose popped off and the, and the clamp was completely lost, I couldn't even find it. So he had like three buckets of hose clamps and I grabbed one out of, he asked, he said, Hey, plenty of hose clamps, go grab one. So he was, he bailed me out on the hose clamp front. Thanks Kong. The amount of people that are helpful out there is pretty cool. Well, you know, everybody realizes that where are you going to go? You know, there's no race shop on. Yeah. On and you know, sorry, so you but O'Reilly's is typically not cutting it anymore yeah i was perturbed with kong from previous races and uh i gotta say the guy was absolutely so nice that i just felt like an asshole being perturbed with him so <laughs> he's a good guy he, and he and he didn't even have a car you know he didn't register so he was driving that um that bbi 997 which and, is uh, kind of a cool nine it's a 997.2 uh -huh. And it's the 918 Spider Edition. Uh -huh. And I could be wrong, but I thought the only way you could buy those and is if, right. if you had a Spider on order or had yeah. bought one. And you would be correct. Yes, yeah. that, that is the case. Oh. I was... I really like that little... That lime green uh, mm -hmm. trim on that white car was just kind of like... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah. So what was he, what was he running in that? Selling that car. Seventy-one sixty-fours. And what was what was the top speed on on that? Oh, one? Uh, I don't know because he had a boost hose that was it old was, and decrepit and popping it, off. It was one eighty-ish. He had an intercooler pipe slash boost hose that was blowing off. And yeah, could not keep it on. They, you know, did everything short of JB welded on, and it just. Hey, you know what? On. One thing that I I just thought of we should mention is people need to understand, right? Like these events push your car to extents that the shop before cannot duplicate. So yeah. you can have a car that works really well on a dyno and really well at the shop, and you bring it out to shift sector like mine for example where on the dyno it was doing okay you get it out and you get up in you know fifth and sixth gear and that thing bucks and surges like it's coming undone and then you got jeff's car that was great on the road until he gets into sixth gear and now it's well, like he gets into like 150 miles an hour and 40 pounds yeah. of boost and yeah and bbi's yeah. car right like extended times and boost or that's when it's going to show you a an intercooler hose that is maybe on its last leg that you didn't experience on your quick little burst onto the freeway yeah i mean somebody or, goes and they run a quarter mile right and they like you got to ice your car down for 30 40 minutes to cool it back down again yeah. oh we're going twice as far and we're going <laughs> instead of nine seconds or eight seconds for these high power cars you're going for 16 seconds uh, it, it, look or, look or it's the opposite like for my car steve couldn't get it to make a pull i get to the event i made pulls i mean it did have i had some you know Issues of boost hose popping off and running out of gas you and whatnot. Did you did change the throttle body in between those two things? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so um, you know, I don't know. We we still have an intake issue, I think, but I think um, we're gonna have to isolate the the throttle body from the intake. But yeah, you can't. You know, everybody's like, oh, we got to test and get sorted before the event. But where are you gonna do that? You can't run two hundred miles an hour on the highway. So yeah, you know. You have to go wide open throttle one through six gears to really have your full test. You just can't. Yeah, yeah. I always chuckle when I see like new stories online about how, you know, a guy got pulled over going 135 miles an hour on the freeway. And I'm like, whoo boy. And, you know, they're like, that's in insanely fast. Right. And I'm just there going, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. It's just, I don't condone it, but when you have a car that makes this much power driving it on the street, it doesn't take much time to get into those highly illegal, dangerous speeds. Right. I mean, it's yeah. like in the blink of an. I remember my very first car, very first day driving as a 16 year old, I got it up to 100 miles an hour, but I swear it was like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Okay, 80. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 85. Yeah. And, and and like eventually I, I felt like it was a really it was a really big effort to get there. And now put it in well, perspective when when the cars go from 100 miles an hour to 150 miles an hour in two something seconds. Yeah. 60 to 130, three seconds. Mm -hmm. Right. So 60, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. There's 130. And and two even quicker to get to 150. And 2.5 seconds to get from 100 to 150, maybe 2.2, 2.5. I mean, so you're just like, you know, foot's on the floor, 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000, 4, 1,000. I mean, from 80 miles an hour, you're at 170, 160, mm -hmm. like that. Yep. So you have to be really careful with these cars. Like, you can't. It, it's it's counterproductive because you, you spend all this money to make your car fast. And then what ends up happening is it's so fast that you can't drive it on the street because you're in you know, major, major, major difficulty zones on speeds before you even know it. 
Yeah. So that's why we don't really drive our cars on the road. And if we do, well, that's you, not you'll why just, I don't drive mine, but you'll just see us, uh, at least in me anyway, you'll just see me puttering along, you know, I'm, I go slow. So except for that one time that we all met to go to cars and coffee and you missed the exit on the freeway. So as you drove by us, you put it in neutral and just revved it. And we were like, what the, <laughs> yeah, I did do that. Yeah. So what, okay. So let's recap. Unfortunately, Taylor's not going to Indy. So <sighs> Dan still has to have a running car. But you have all your parts now. Well, I do and I don't and I do. Yeah. So in our last endeavor, one of the cam housings, I didn't actually open this one. So I noticed it when I was holding it up like this. Mm -hmm. You see how there's half a circle there? Yeah. And then and then there's like a, a dark spot where it goes in. Mm -hmm. So there's there's another half to that circle. And I noticed it kind of in the back of my mind while we were talking. And I was like, oh, it's in the box. Oh, it's around. No. It wasn't in the box. It was nowhere to be found. And so not only is that was that cap missing, but uh, all of the other cam caps were missing. So it's, it's major bummer because this entire assembly uh, and those caps are basically drilled in, in so much of a way in a perfectly straight line with those caps on there. So the, the only caps that are useful for this housing here are the original caps that came with and they're matched like for bank one and bank two you can't like move the caps around they need to go exactly where they were supposed to be otherwise uh you know essentially the bearing surfaces aren't true wow so i you know emailed the guy or you know that had sent it to me and sure enough a few days later he sent out my cam caps so there did you go. get them all though well i believe so yes okay so you can see if I can get it to focus. I did earlier. Yeah. There's the number it's... six edged etched into this. Oh one. yeah. Okay. Numbered. Okay. Yeah. See how it's numbered right there. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, that's they're hand numbered. Interestingly enough, too. So I'm not sure why that is, but um, because they're probably not numbered from the factory, and they're numbered when they take them apart. Yeah. When they. That's when they what I always them. did. I remember the first motor that I tore apart and put back together was a that old Cadillac. I guess not. Well, it's old now. The North Star that was overhead cam. And we we would stamp into the side of the cam saddle there the numbers so that we put them back in the right order. Yeah, so I don't know if the race team did it or if Porsche did it when they finished the, yeah, maybe. the, the, the housing itself or what. But so I got those and then... Because th these are the ones that like actually go over the the middle of, and and far end of the cam, and then the near end of the cam by the cam sprocket. There's those larger semicircles, and I got those two. They're sitting behind me. In theory, I have everything now. All um, right, so you know, just I haven't get that to John. I haven't gone. I'm gonna I'm gonna open this up, clean it up, match up the cam caps, just kind of finger tighten these bolts down. Uh, you know, onto the right spots. Do my due diligence before I send John the parts because I don't want him to have to have have a better starting point. Seems like the polite thing to do. And that way I know in my mind that I've sent him everything and it's correct. And but it's really strange. Weird, weird things happen. So when did I order those cam housings from Porsche directly? February? With Steve? January or February? A while ago, yeah. yeah. So they actually showed up at Steve's shop today. Today being the day that my cam caps showed up for this other set. But just and one, right? Just one showed up with Steve? Just one. one. set? No, just one. Yeah, you're right. Just one cam housing showed up. And we we ordered it for like $1,200. And they jack And, and uh, I don't know. You know, it's like a, a, Steve's on like a business account, right? Or something. Yeah. So they they shipped it to him. I mean, I don't think we've paid for it yet. Like it's like on net 30 or something. 
Uh-huh. But the price is $4,500. Oh my God. For the wow. one, they, they, they raised it, you know, by a factor of three or four. Maybe they're sending you three. Uh, <laughs> just for that one. So, I mean, I'm like, I'm 99. I mean, we can send it back because, you know, we didn't agree to pay that much for it. But it's like, what on earth? And then also, I found another source for these also today. And they have them. Oh, right I now. saw that. Are you going to reveal that source? No, I okay. am not. That, is not. that is not my source to reveal. Okay. That's okay. I will. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not my, not my, well, that's not my camel as we used to say in, in uh, Kuwait city, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I, it, it's raining cam housings here <laughs> by, by, by my feast story. or famine. It is. All right. So timeline wise, um, we have two months before yeah. Indy. So, so my I cam... mean, that's plenty of time guys. Why don't you just wait until like, I don't know, the beginning of August. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. My cams are in route back to John. They've been uh, they've been modified as he modifies them. I have the cam housings. He has the short block in the process of being built. I might have an engine done, you know, conservatively. I might have an engine done and shipped back in 30 days. Aggressively, I might have an engine done and shipped back in two weeks. But I bet you it's closer to 30 days. Mm-hmm. I'm actually doubling the amount of time I think it should take and say 30 days. Yeah. So at that point, then Steve puts it back together. My turbos need to be rebuilt just because uh, why not? Oh, wow. I'm just going to have them inspected really sure. more more so than anything else. Well, they and, don't have to replace very many parts. It's not that expensive to rebuild them. It's when you nah, it's not. grenade a compressor wheel and a housing that it starts getting. Tell us in, about it, Taylor. In, in, in reality, I'm going to get some new bearings. And mm. they're going to, you know, reset all the tolerances in them and, you know, uh, lube them up and send them back. Then my fuel system stuff is going to get done. I'm going to a surge tank setup like you guys have. So I never, ever have to stick my hand uh, in a <laughs> tank of ethanol again. Blue At that. first, it's not bad. And then it gets bad. <laughs> then it gets it, <laughs> like Your skin turns white and crusty yeah. and dry. And it's not awesome. Yeah, well, it could have been avoided had I worn a rubber glove, but I wanted to man style it, and then I then I cut my hand on. When the you top. man styled it and go, hey Taylor, can you come do this for me? Yes, oh, my hand my hand is too large. <laughs> hand is I need too a big. dainty hand, man. Oh, so but you know what, guys? There's a slight chance because Steve was telling me that this oil leak might be similar to what we had before. And if that's the case, he says might have to have a rebuild. So man, now, now it's sounding like a NASCAR team. Yeah. After every event. Every event. Yeah. So uh, uh next ep- next episode, we'll find out what happens to my motor. All right, boys. Good wrap up. Yes. I think we covered it all. And that's a wrap. We will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. So you think your car is fast. And I'd like to say good night, Caroline. Thank you for listening to So You Think Your Car Is Fast podcast. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Also want to thank Redenzo Radar, redenzo.com slash BHT for discounts. Also want to thank Evo Spec Engine Development and Force Performance. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who's number one? <laughs> Who's number one? That's Who's number one? Turbo. I'm going to leave number one on my car all year long. It's never it's, coming I'm off. Put it, if I get another sticker for the next race, I'm just going to put it next to it.